Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning and welcome to Dirt Radio. I'm your host, Phil Evans, and we are coming at you live from 3CR studio- Studios on the land of the Wurundjeri people in the Kulin Nation. Sovereignty of these lands has never been ceded, and we pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging, and acknowledge the important role that all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders play in environmental and social justice issues. This show is sponsored by Friends of the Earth, this year celebrating 45 years of radical resistance, uh, stopping the destructive industries like the fossil fuel and then transforming our society into one of social and environmental justice. Um, we invite everyone to join us um, at the Friends of the Earth building. We've got a bit of an emerging photographic display looking, display looking at the last 45 years of uh, radical resistance uh, coming out of the building on Smith Street in Collingwood, but also Brunswick Street back in the 80s as well and right back into the 70s, starting off with the whaling campaigns and, of course, resisting nuclear power in the uh, Victorian uh, state. Um, yes, uh, just a couple of days ago, we heard a couple of Liberal Democrat MPs suggest that nuclear power was a good idea for Victoria. <laughs> Absolutely not. There is no room for nuclear power in any climate justice solution. And uh, we encourage everyone to arm themselves with the information and really hold off this push or suggestion that there is any room for nuclear when we talk about the climate. But today on the show... I want to continue looking back into history, and this time not so far back. Uh, We've talked about uh, things happening in the 90s, uh, into the late 80s, um, but I want to go back about about nine years now um, to when the threat of fracking first uh, came into Victoria. It was scary. We didn't really know a lot about it. Uh, We all thought it was just coal seam gas back then, and little did we know, and as our understanding deepened, that it was really more about tight gas in Victoria. The threats came really hard to the east of the state in Gippsland, Um, and I want to read a little article um, from uh, Chain Reaction, Friends of the Earth Australia's national magazine, from 2013. Here's the article. So, in a show of determination and courage, residents of coastal Victorian town Seaspray have taken a pledge to do whatever it takes to protect water, soil and air, even if it means taking part in peaceful direct action and risking arrest. Residents took the pledge pledge near the site of the Wombat 5 drill site, which Lakes Oil, a company backed by Gina Reinhardt, has earmarked for further exploration for tight gas. Growing pressure from community groups across the state, Friends of the Earth, Lock the Gate and Quick Coal saw a moratorium on hydraulic fracturing or fracking uh, extended until 2015. However, the current moratorium does not cover all exploration activities, including drilling techniques that involve similar risks to the fracking process. 
Lakes Oil has applied to explore for further tight gas in the area using a horizontal drilling technique, which will not be covered by the moratorium. Of course, remember, we're reading an article from history. Lakes Oil's Rob Annals said in the Latrobe Valley Express last year that the process, in quotes, would involve a horizontal drill at 1,500 metres below the surface. As you drill vertically down, the rock gets tighter and tighter. The rock that we'll be accessing on the surface millions of years ago, so permeability is better than what you're looking at another 1,000 metres deeper. By keeping ourselves within that top weathered zone and going horizontal within it, we believe we'll get the gas flowing naturally without any artificial stimulation, which will hopefully be commercial. Sounds unlikely. The company wants to proceed with a project despite 98% of Seaspray community opting to declare their town gas-field-free last year, back in 2012. And in direct contradiction to then-Liberal Premier Nat Thing's assurance in November that... We will never allow onshore gas if it jeopardises our underground water, if it jeopardises our environment, and if it jeopardises our food and agricultural production. Friends of the Earth activists have been working to train and support local community in developing skills that will help them requirely deploy peaceful direct action tactics and also promise to actively support the community should the need for such NVDA arise. The community's pledge is even more courageous in the light of the current push by the Natthing government to make changes to the Summary Offences Law and Sentencing Act. The changes to the law will mean that police will have increased powers to move on notices to demonstrations, pickets and blockades and to issue on-the-spine fines of approximately $700. Furthermore, the new police powers would mean that individuals may be barred from areas like Melbourne CBD or Sea Spray for up to 12 months and face prison sentences of up to two years if they do not comply. Residents of Seaspray, along with Friends of the Earth activists, were among 3,000 strong in a union-led group that rallied in Melbourne City on Tuesday, February 18th, and the calling for an end for the Silencing Act and demanding that the government unhold the right to demonstrate. That article, of course, was from Chain Reaction number 120 um, in March 2013, and I think it really highlights uh, how many of the similar struggles uh, um, face the same problems that we see now. Not only are further uh, laws being put in to silence protest, um, but we have a, a very conservative government. But if we push them hard enough, like the residents of Seaspray did, maybe that will mean that we'll get a result out of them that protects land, water and the future. We'll be back in just a moment. In 2016, 3CR published a book to celebrate the station's 40th birthday. Years in the making, Radical Radio, celebrating 40 years of 3CR, is a visually stunning account of the people and ideas that make up this dynamic station. At 300 pages, the book includes hundreds of images and over 50 features on programs, people, music and technology from across the decades. 3CR's Radical Radio book is now on sale for just $30. You can get your copy of 3CR's book at the station during business hours at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. Or online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Get a piece of your own history. On sale for just $30. 3CR's Radical Radio is available now. (laughs) 
You're listening to 3CR. This is Dirt Radio, Friends of the Earth show, where we get down and dirty and talk about all things activism. Currently, we're talking about the 45-year history of Friends of the Earth as we celebrate 45 years of radical resistance. And we looked earlier just at an article um, highlighting the real pressure that the citizens of Seaspray put on the conservative then Liberal government back in 2013 to really push them to extend that moratorium on fracking, which as history will play out, eventually led to a permanent ban on fracking um, legislated, one of the strongest legislative bans in the world to stop the destructive industry of fracking. Always worth celebrating that one. But while we were looking at the east of the state then, there was plenty going on and plenty of threats in the west as well. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Friends of the Earth's Jamila Rushton went down to Hastings where she caught up with Gillian, Joe, uh, Julie, uh, Pat and Marianne from Protect the West to find out what was happening in the west of the state. Do you want to tell us a bit about how Protect the West started? Yes, and I, I should say that Protect the West is, consists of lots of little groups. It's like an umbrella group and there are many, many people in each group mm. and they all take turns and do whatever they can whenever they can. So it's not just a few people working. This is a whole community thing because the whole community does not want their water or their air or their soil polluted. And, yeah, so how it started, uh, in 2011, I got wind of the fact that there might be drilling for gas on the land and I contacted Cam Walker. And Cam very kindly came down and he brought Drew Hutton with him and they stayed at our place Um, And then they went on and addressed a meeting of the Sustainable Agriculture and Communities Alliance and a whole heap of farmers came and they were almost alarmed. And then the Warrnambool Standard said, oh, don't worry about it, gas drilling will never take place. So everybody went back to sleep. But then a few years later, it looked as though things were going to go ahead. Uh, And so it was about four and a half years ago Um, and I said to my husband, who's a farmer, um, where should we hold the meeting? And he said, oh, at the church at Crossley, St Bridget's, because it's more central and more farmers can come. And this is an issue. It isn't just the people in the towns that will be affected, you know, even though it will affect our water supply if it's damaged. It's also the farmers. So that's where we held it. And Shane Howard and his partner, um, Teresa, they were very helpful too and um, they helped us with the sound system and (laughs) the visuals and everything and Chloe Aldenhoven came from Friends of the Earth and spoke really really well and we had some other speakers as well and then we broke up into little groups and all those little groups came from different areas and they all went away to their different areas like there was one for Portland and you know one for Hamilton one for Warrnambool and other districts and they all started to work. And that's where the community thing started. So we still come together and we still work together. And the community is still opposed to having their farmland or their air or their food chain polluted. So um, it's still a live issue. Mm. Great. Thank you, Gillian. Um, would anyone like to speak to the fracking ban and what happened after that meeting and the community activity? Um, I'll speak about what happened around Warrnambool. We got together as a group 
uh, concerned community members uh, from the Warrnambool area, and some were teachers, um, medics, uh, nurses, as well as farmers in the, in, the area, in the area. And so we decided that, well, we'd have a community meeting to, to inform the community about some of our concerns and to try to gain some support. And that community meeting went ahead, and from there uh, we uh, had the councillors involved, and uh, we started then uh, revving up the campaign, trying to uh, inform the community members about what was actually happening. So that involved a lot of you know paperwork, of, of trying to get the, our facts straight, and then uh, inform you know the public you know about that, and then bringing other people on board that uh, would actually go out into the, the community at fates, um, as well as other you know meeting places to actually broadcast what we're, what we're trying to do. And we gained a lot of support from that. Um, people signing petitions that we forwarded um, to Friends of the Earth and uh, followed through from there. But it, it's been a hard slog for about four and a half years of trying to um, maintain that, that momentum. And I guess our recent concern are related to the exploration licenses uh, along the southwest coast. We already know that there, there is drilling off our coastline now, and uh, not just a little bit. There, there are basically 13 to 14 sites. There are, some are active and some are not. Some are coming on board, uh, particularly with Beach Energy, you know, following through with their um, Hallidale and uh, Black uh, Walsh. Uh, plants. So we're really still fighting the battle. Uh, aside from that, though, however, the research um, that has been set up by the government was a real breakthrough, and we've communicated uh, with that particular group, and they've kept us informed and vice versa. So we're interested to see what the, the results of that are. Uh, we've heard by the grapevine that um, there's very little onshore gas that uh, could be removed in the conventional way. It would have to be fracked. However, we, we, you know, until that report it comes through, um, we really don't know, you know mm -hmm. for sure. So we're, we're waiting on that. In the meantime, we're, we're you know, just you know, plugging along, trying to, to mm -hmm. you know, keep the interest there. And uh, we certainly are concerned with other, you know, facets of the uh, some of the environmental concerns, mm. like the Adani coal mine, you know, for example. Yes, and a lot of these things are interconnected as well. Yes. Um, so one of the one of the big wins from a couple of years ago was the ban on fracking and also the extension of the moratorium on onshore gas. Mm -hmm. um, is that how, when, when is that extension due to expire and what should people be doing? 2020? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Yes, 2020. I'm Julie and uh, I'm from the Gatsville Ferry Glenelg <coughs> group, but also with Protect the West as one of the participants. Yes, it was a long, hard battle, and uh, but thankfully the state government put a ban on the fracking and we were all celebrating, weren't we? Mm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, 2020, with, the, with that looming very next year, we're all a bit concerned because um, we're just hoping that it isn't viable to uh, take that fossil fuel from the ground, gas. Mm -hmm. We must remember it is a fossil fuel. It comes from 160 million year old carbon under the ground. So we're... And methane too. Oh, methane, yeah, yep. Yeah. So, 
and it's hard to tell the pe- the public that because a lot of them have their gas barbecues and their gas heaters and their gas, you know. So we've got to wean ourselves off the fossil fuels, really. Mm. And it should have been happening 30 years ago, <laughs> gradually. <laughs> However, it's not too late, but, mm. but the op- window of opportunity is rapidly coming towards us. And um, I just find, yeah, it's very disheartening to see what happened last weekend with the election and the Adani mine now looking like it's going to be um, fast-tracked. That's part of the what we'll be talking about here today as well, because it's another fossil fuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also uh, information about Fight for the Bite. Uh, we, we need to know what's happening there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's um, petroleum and gas in the uh, Great Australian Bite. And off our coast, the, um, there's a new company... Uh, in Portland has now started up a logistics mm. company called Cube and they've got a, a lot of, uh, not a lot of land, it's a piece of land which with room for extension and they're holding all the pipes and we don't know really what's there, we've gone, mm. had a look at it. it. It's right alongside the RSPCA which is the animal shelter and also backs onto the North Portland Primary School. So this is what we've tried to find out, but you know it's very hard getting information out of not mm. only the local council but from uh, the companies as well. Mm. Uh, it's like a lot of decisions get made before the public understands what's happening. Mm. And even the other day, I met a policeman, and he didn't know what Adani was. Um, and I thought, what? You know, it's in the news all the time. It's especially this is after the election. And anyway, I explained it to him and he was quite interested and mm. concerned. Mm. So we all live in our little bubbles, yes. you know, in a way. We, we talk with one another and uh, we think everyone's aware of it. But there's other people that talk about their, their jobs and their work experience and leisure time. And they're in another sort of a little pattern. This is, I sort of see it as a big overview and I'm thinking, what's going on here? Are we not informed? Are we not informed as well? What are we not informed about? Mm. What are the other people Don't concerned about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's such a, a big problem with um, Pat saying and Gillian saying about the pollution of our planet. What about the young children with their, you know, their concerns about climate change mm. and they don't have a vote? And, you know, it's like the adults in charge aren't caring about the children or the future mm. of mm. the planet. So I'll hand on to um, yourself now, Marianne. Marianne, I came came rather late to this uh, wonderful group. Um, I met Gillian in the hospital rehab. (laughs) We were both cycling along together (laughs) and she was talking about something wonderful and I thought, oh, this is really interesting. Uh, So it opened my mind So um, and uh, this group is excellent. Julie, talking to your thing, I think with the internet, um, people only get the news that they're interested in, mm-hmm. and so therefore they don't have an overview of things because they only get they click on things they're interested on, and they only get that stream coming into them. Like the feed in yeah, that the, the feed. robots yeah, give you, yeah, <laughs> and they don't get a, a, a wide overview. Um, I'd say not very many people listen to. SBS or ABC news that are perhaps under 40 on a regular basis. Mm. Um, so I think that's why everything is a niche 
to what they're interested in and you don't get to follow it up. You don't see what happens two or three days down the track. You only see it happening. Um, as in the SpaceX um, internet thing was launched the other day. But that's all we saw. You don't see what's happened to it, where it's going, what internet it's doing, how is it affecting the universe, anything like that. Mm. You just get little grabs and people are quite mm. satisfied with that. Mm. Yes. Pat mentioned that there was a lot in the peak of the campaign, a lot of uh, fates and stalls and community community events. Do you think that in the era of people talking, like in their sort of internet silos, that this kind of grassroots uh, talking to people face-to-face is part of the reason the campaign was so successful? I think so. Um, I think it could be described as a novelty for some people. Um, when Pat and I were talking to people down you know, at Lybeck Street and, and the car park, it's, people would be going, oh, somebody's talking to you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh. And some people would just look at you and go very dismissive and say no. And one chap was, his son was in Norway and, <laughs> and told us to <clears throat> go further afield. <laughs> Um, but it, it's quite an interesting thing of, I think, unless people uh, can find some reason to think that's now and their hip pocket is going to be affected now, mm. they really can't get their heads around any further on than now. And it's really alarming. It is alarming. That was an interview conducted by Jamila Rushton talking to Gillian, Julie, Marianne and Pat from Protect the West, um, an alliance of groups who were so instrumental in organising so many communities together to resist the uh, new fossil fuel techniques at the time, which was the fracking. Um, As they mentioned, there are still so many more threats that exist. The thing that warms my my heart is that resilient communities have bound together through alliances like Protect the West and now they're continuing the fight. Despite the fact that they've won the fracking ban, there's still that moratorium on onshore gas until 2020. They are still working together to resist new fossil fuel developments. And if you want to find out more about some of those fossil fuel developments that are a threat, then jump on to melbourne.fo.org.au where you can find a heap of articles about all sorts of threats. This is Dirt Radio. Phil Evans, I'll be back in a moment. Hello, this is Dan Salton, and you're listening to 3CR Blackfella Radio, Melbourne. And if you are looking to get more involved in uh, Radical Radio, then Radiothon may have officially finished on June 16, but it's not too late to get in and support and power Radical Radio. Um, Before we move on, I want to uh, just uh, thank everyone who called in and pledged and has made donations to keep Dirt Radio on the air. So the Food Co-op, Beth Cameron, Sam Cossa-Gilbert, Juliet Fox, Judy Gafer, Eva Harberger, Phil Jackson, Jill Koppel, John Langer, Chen Lim... uh, Rachel Linsky, Cam Walker, Megan Williams, 
Um, the list goes on and on. Anthony Amos, Lee Eubank, Loretta O'Brien, Gab Reed, Georgina Stubbs, Michaela Stubbs. Thank you so much. And it's not too late to make a pledge. We're so close to our total of $900 to keep Dirt Radio on the air. So if you want to uh, chip in those extra few dollars and help us get across the line, we're currently sitting on $780. So we just need another 100 or so more. So if you can dig deep, find another $10 or see what's in the bottom of the couch and ring up 3CR. You can do that on 0394198377. That's 0394198377. Text through your pledge on 0488809855. That's 0488809855. Or jump online to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. It would be great to get us over to our target. 3CR is about halfway to the total target of $250,000. So if you meant to donate and you forgot, it's not too late. Um, We can take calls during business hours. So jump on the phone right now and give us a call and make a pledge to keep Radical Radio on the air. So we've only got a couple of minutes left of the show and this is a time we'd like to let you know about some of the things coming up. Tomorrow, there is a rally against Kalbar Mineral Sands Mine. So Kalbar Resources is a company that has no mining experience and has proposed a mineral sands and rare earth mine in Glenandale near Bansdale in East Gippsland. The Fingerboards Mine has not yet been approved by the Victorian government, but after several years of investigation, Kalbar believes its site is suitable for an open-cut mine to extract minerals including zircon, rutile and ilmenite a titanium mineral and rare earths. So tomorrow morning you can get along to a peaceful demonstration on the steps of Parliament. That's at 10.45 tomorrow. And they ask that you wear orange in support of the community down there. Other things coming up, there is an info night on Thursday 27th of June at 6pm at the Kathleen Symes Library and Community Centre, and that's for the Act on Climate campaign at Friends of the Earth. Um, It's about talking about their strategy for ambitious ambitious emissions cuts in Victoria. So get along to that one, 6pm on June 27th if you want to act on climate. And if you're interested in taking radical action, uh, Friends of the Earth has a series of uh, documentaries and film screenings happening in the new Yami Lester room, where we have a wonderful little cinema system. Um, The first up is the documentary Black Hole, which tells the story of the Laird blockade back from about five years ago. Um, This is really about turning ideas into actions. So we'll be watching a lot of documentaries, that one is on Saturday, 29th of June at 2pm, upstairs at Friends of the Earth. Pop in, have lunch, and then head upstairs and watch a documentary. And it'll all culminate, culminate on July 27th. Um, after we've watched a series of films, we've got lots of ideas, and then we're going to turn them into actions, and we're going to get t- stuff done. Um, we've got a creative community action training session on Saturday, Saturday, July 29th. Oh, my goodness. Saturday, Saturday. <laughs> July 27th. I've definitely got the tongue ties this morning. Um, and that'll go all day from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Um, you can find, of course, all of these events on Friends of the Earth Melbourne's Facebook page, your one-stop shop for radical action and how to get involved in grassroots activism. So 
It has been a pleasure this morning joining you all on the air. Um, We'll be back again next week as we are every week on 3CR. Don't forget to get those last-minute Radiothon donations in. Um, And thank you for joining me today. And a big thanks to Jamila Rushton, who went down to Hastings to talk to those four wonderful ladies from the Protect the West Alliance that we heard in the interview today. Coming up next is the Crew Survival Show. But before we go out on that... Let's go with a little bit of a perennial favourite, Patti Smith. People have the power. See you later.